It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskan. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Welcome to Late Lunch on this first day of September. Are you waiting for it? I'm sure you are. I do it on the first day of every month anyway. Here's my little saying for the month ahead. Listen to this. I love it. I cannot gauge my wealth by an inventory of what I have in the bank. The only valid gauge is an inventory of what I have in my heart. Carry it with you in your heart for the rest of the month. I do it each month. I love those little sayings for the month ahead. Welcome to the show. We've lots to chat over the next couple of hours. And I'm away, actually, on a walk on the wild side. Don't miss that after two on your late lunch. But we begin today with a man who is in business and in business since 1995. And he sent me an email the other day. And I asked Brian Lynch, who is MD of Lynch Salads, to pop in and have a chat with us on late lunch. And good to his word, he is with us today. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jerry, for having me. Thank you. Not at all. Thanks for joining me. I could just feel your frustration in the message you sent in to me. And it's all to do with, well, tell them, your electricity bill. Just give our listeners uh, the, the, the lowdown on your bill and what's happened, how it's risen. Well, basically, you know, going back 18 months ago, uh, even 12 months ago, like we were getting ESB bills there. And obviously for the business, it's a lot different because we're running chillers and uh, coolers all, all day, every day, every day, you know, 24-7. But, you know, our ESB bills have jumped dramatically over the last 18 months. And, you know, coming up the road, as I said, I listen to the news and again, we're getting another 15% of an increase. And I'm only here kind of to, to kind of suppose make people aware of, you know, how the cost of, of living has gone up, but it's driven by the cost of energy that's passed on to businesses as well as household p- people as mm. well. So they're all aware of it. Yes. So, um, like, basically, I'm in a position there now where I would love to invest into the likes of solar panels to, to reduce my ESB bills and stuff like that. But again, I'm at the stage now where I have to go and look for planning applications then to get all this done. But then on the news, then you're hearing that they want to reduce ESB and they want to reduce, uh, you know, all these green emissions and one thing and another. But then they want you to turn around and give them a fortune to turn around and go for an application then for a planning application then to fill up solar panels. So it, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, 
So that is the source of your frustration in, in terms of you want to mitigate against these rising bills. Just give me an example. Your bill for the last 27 days, you sent this to me on the uh, on the email. It would have run an average of what? 3,500 3, previously. Uh, the, the, the previous one there, for, which I had in front of me there, was for 59 days and, and the ESB bill came in at 3,700 euro. Okay. You know, and then I got a previous one and another one in there in July and for the same... Uh, well it wasn't actually the same day it was 27 days and the bill came in at 6,300 euro for less days well, nearly a double jump in the cost of it yeah now I did think there is a small bit of a credit to come back off that so it might just be 100% right but I just went with what I had in front yes. of in the bills yeah do you know so um, obviously if we can turn around and put in solar panels to reduce it back to what we were currently doing 12 yeah. months ago we would do that but it, you know obviously there's a 5 to 7 year investment pay back on solar panels to, to, to get back to that. So you now want to put in solar panels so as you can get your bills back to a reasonable level. You'll still have bills to pay, of course, but you'll be generating energy for yourself on your own premises. And I take it it's on the roof of the uh, of the, yeah. of the building yeah. you have there in RD. Yeah, 100%. What's your frustration? Your frustration is that you have to go for planning for these. Yeah. And you have to wait. You have to pay for that. Yeah. You have to wait the statutory period of time for that to go yeah. through, yeah. Um, and hope. Well, I believe you should get the go ahead, wouldn't you? You should, but yeah. you know, in in the business park, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Yes, but we would hope that we'd be able to put up enough panels to be nearly self sufficient with power, as opposed to I you know trying to turn around and say we have extra power to send back to the grid. I'm not interested in that. At the okay, minute. if I could, if I could be even self sufficient or well self sufficient on that, I'd be happy. How quickly could you have those panels in and working for you if you could just go ahead with it, let's say, today? Give me a time frame. How quickly? Well, I don't know how long, you know, the, the people that would supply them. But obviously, it wouldn't be that long. OK. It wouldn't be that long. I'd say, I'd say maybe less than a month. OK. If you go planning and you're waiting for all that's involved there, how long will it be? Well, Roughly. I suppose, first of all, you have to go and get an engineer or an architect to turn around and design up the whole thing, send it into the county council, and I presume it's like any other planning application, it's going to take, I suppose, three months. And then if there's, an, if there's an objection against that or, you know, a query against it or they're looking for more information, it's all pushed back out again. So the timeline is not like we had an application in already for another building and basically it was uh, looking for more information and it's nearly gone on six months. That is not good. And and I know in business, like time waits for no man or woman either. And the, the bills are going to continue rising, as you said. I'm just sitting here thinking, I know where you are and the building and it's in an industrial area as well. You're not materially changing the look of anything that's going to affect anybody. It's really on your roof. You're not taking light from anybody. Am I right? Am I right in saying all these things? Yes. It's you know what the amount of people that would see them would nearly be harmless. Yes. To be honest, because the building is twenty four foot high, like so, it's it's well above ground level. Um, yeah. Look at I think I think. Uh, Do you know this word fast track? You know, fast track in planning, fa- yeah. fast track to get houses built yeah. for people to live in. Surely there should be a fast track for the likes of you and what you want to do. Well, if you look at it too, then and you hear on the news now at the minute where, uh, you know, they're on, but we need to get an extra heap of houses, 80,000 houses or whatever the figure is flying around there. 
And then the other, the other side of it, then the turn well, we don't have power, we're going to have to start cutting out power to people's houses and there could be a shortage this winter and one thing or another. We're trying to turn around and provide ourselves with our own power. Okay, so if they can't provide the current amount of people that have houses, how are they going to turn around and do another 80,000? Mm. Do you know, so uh, we're willing to put in an investment. Like there, there's a, There is a brave investment into this and it would be helping us and it'd be able to free up for somebody else. So... It's win-win, but it's how long this whole thing is going to take place. And, you know, obviously, uh, they're, they're turning around and saying there's grants available for this. Okay, um, you can get a grant available, but the grant won't be available until they turn around and give a decision whether or not that it is uh, required for a plan, a plan and application. Yes. So, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Uh, and, and, you know, I, we're not saying there can't be the Wild West when it comes to planning. We understand that. Absolutely. That's Of course. And, and, and there has to be a system there. But surely there has to be a system that enables you reduce your bill, supply your own power, as you say, free up power for other people who are looking for it when we're facing uh, shortages later this year. Um just give people a feel again. I had Patrick McCluskey on with me a few weeks ago from the bakery here and he cited, you know, all the challenges he's facing. He's had to increase the cost of his product and, and, and no choice with it. How many are you employing, Brian, in the business now? Well, we have 25 people there at the minute, you know, and we'll we, we probably reduce it down there. We've lost our students there. We, we get them in for the summer period and stuff like that and they've been fantastic. Um, but we're down to running at 25. But when when you get these energy costs, you're adding them on to the price of your product, your end product. Mm. And at the end of the day, the end user has to pay for this. And the people say, no, oh, you're putting on the price increase. You know, you're jumping on the wagon. You're not, because this is only one particular thing, uh, you know, as in uh, energy cost here for me, SB. But then again, the fuel, you know, I'm not even talking about that today. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it, it's one thing or another. Then it goes on then to, to materials coming in. Um, It goes on then to your packaging. It goes on then to labels just non-stop give them the example you have a cardboard box you brought in with you here today uh, and that box you were just telling me how much did that box cost 12 months ago that was 27 cent what is it today it's it's 52 cent today and it's just as I said it's a box that we have to you know to supply to the store with, with the products in it and we know it's been dumped but we've actually you know we have reduced it by going back to plastic crates returnable plastic crates and one thing. We've, we've done all that as much as possible but there comes a stage when you just can't because you have to leave stock and backup fridges and stores and one thing you know. yes. you have to leave the cardboard boxes but again it's another additional cost and they're wondering well why is cardboard so dear because obviously trees were scarce and timber were scarce and it just drives the price crazy. Besides your ESP, which Electric Ireland announced a 26.7 increase uh, to, uh, just to, in the last hour and 37.5% increase in gas, you use a lot of gas too. Well, yeah. we wouldn't use a lot of gas, but we do use gas. Yes, yeah. obviously for cooking, you know, the yes. plastic cookers and, yes. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but we do. But, uh, you know, every additional thing now at the minute is increase, increase, increase. And, you know, you don't like going, putting on the price increase to the end user. And, Unfortunately, if it doesn't happen, well, then we're wasting our time. You're out of business. Yeah, effectively, yeah. Do you know what I mean? How how, how far can you be, how far can, you know, you push on this or you be pushed or can you push the price point up to customers? You know what I'm talking about, all that push that's happening all around. Does there come a point where you look at it and say... We can't do this anymore. We can't because obviously, you know, you're, you're competing against big, massive uh, companies that are trying to feed the multiples and you know the multiples can turn around and take hits on certain ranges obviously you know during the summer some crowds there do special offers on salads which is our game obviously and uh, you know they're giving them away at 
a price point. And we're saying, how can they do that? Because, you know, they still have the same all overheads as us. And we know we've as strong a buy-in power as anybody else. But they're still turning around and giving away. But it's the multiple that's so going to happen. Obviously, they have to gain on something else. I don't know. I was just thinking about, you, you know, 1995, you began. Do you remember the, the early days? What did you start off with? Just the two products. Yeah, the coleslaw and the bread salad, yeah. That was it? Yeah, that was it, yeah. And they're still as popular as ever? Ah, thank God, yeah. yeah. They Look, are. And, the and, 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 you know, obviously, they, you know, we, we cover nationwide on a range of main but we, we, we do local. And, and when I say local, we kind of cover the Leinster over to the Midlands, you know, on, on the salads. And the people have been very, very supportive for local companies. Mm. And I'm, like as I said, there's an awful lot in the same boat as me. And I'm not here to turn around and try and change the world here. But I'm just trying to let people be aware of that the additional cost that's been added on to the businesses, unfortunately, has been pushed back to the end user or the, the, the consumer at the end of the day. And they're saying, well, why is it so expensive? But when you're getting in bills and, and daily, daily, you're looking at your overhead coming in, the cost every day, price increase, you know, vegetables go up and down like yo-yo, you know. So you're just constantly, and people are wondering, well, why, you know, is... It's so expensive. Mm. And these are the legs that have been driven by well, energy. And just fuel. look at those energy increases there. The cardboard, and that's one small part of what you uh, rely on. A 100% increase in that in 12 yeah. months alone and what you're using there. But looking at your range, the salads, the sauces, the sandwich fillers, the salad bar and the bulk stuff you do, you've really grown this business. It's a great credit to you over time. And employing 25 people and seasonal employees as well is a huge thing in any community. It's really, really massive. Uh, and, uh, you know, w- 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 in, in, since 95, right? You've come through many crises, including the recent COVID, uh, the Celtic Tiger crash, uh, fluctuations in the economy. I, I ask you this again. Is, is this the greatest challenge you face? Well, you know, I suppose, like, you know, where do you start? The first one that, that, that nobody probably knew about was the recession. OK, so that was your challenge, first and foremost. Secondly, then you kind of got back on track and, you, you, you know, you tightened up your ship. Basically, then, next thing, you're into a pandemic. Okay, no one knew what was going to happen there. We thought it'd be over in a couple of months. You know, luckily, we were able to keep going during it because we were feeding the supermarkets and, you know, the game we were in yes. was, was very good. Then, after that, then, what happened was a lot of people then turned around and says, now, there's a shortage of stuff because a lot of the factories now couldn't actually produce because they had people off and it. So then they blamed that. Then, all of a sudden, then, the war in Ukraine started. Well, the, the factories were back normal then all of a sudden and next thing all of a sudden then there was the war in Ukraine and for some reason everything seemed to come through in Ukraine you know and then all of a sudden then you have that going back and now at the minute what I think everybody has is staff problems like we've had to reduce making some of the salads because there'll be some days there we just wouldn't have enough staff to produce some of the salads so it, it and it it's, it's across the board in every business not just yes. out which is a big problem don't know why. Don't know why Isn't that want. interesting? Because we hear about the hospitality, but not you guys really as no. such. But it's a challenge you're saying all over. Absolutely. You're facing that as well. Absolutely. You know, so every day is a constant battle the whole time to try and keep you know on top of things, and it does it does come to a stage where you just say you know where is this going to stop? I can't keep going on. 
Something has to be done. I, 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 and, and what is the solution? You know, what is the solution to this? Do you turn to government and look for subvention? Do you look for caps on energy rises? What? Well, I, I don't know. Like, you know, the government is turning and saying, OK, look, we go electric and we go this good, good, you know, whatever the case will be. But that's all well and good. But for electric, for argument's sake, for us, a simple thing, like if we, if we wanted to go to an electric van, OK, we couldn't distribute our products in an electric van because the battery in the van is not fit to run the refrigerator in the van at the same time. That's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So, like, go around and turn off every light in every, every empty building in the country every night of the week and then turn around and put that power out. Do something like that. Do something that's useful as opposed to turn around and lighten up a motorway there at three o'clock in the morning when it wouldn't be three cars in it. Do something that, that's going to be a bit more effective. I think is the way to go rather than, you know, turn around saying it. Oh, here we put up the price and it's scarce. I haven't seen IB not getting it yet. I have a seat for you in Leinster House. <laughs> no, 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 no. On the government benches. No, 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 no. I'm not thinking no. like this is needed. But like, look at you just mentioned things there. See, my producer Louise is listening carefully to you there as well, and you really hit a bell there. Look at all the lights that are on all the offices yeah. across the country. The motorway lights that are not necessary. What you mentioned about, you know, it's all right going electric, but you can't. You we cannot. Can. You cannot do that. Not I don't know from, I don't speak from a lorry transport point of view, but you damn lorries couldn't drive electric pulling whatever 40 for her trailer behind it. You have to be, you know, alternatives. And I am all for alternatives and going that. I absolutely, and I want to do it. You know, we've put in the full uh, LED lighting in all our building there with all sensor lights so they're not on to hold them to come on and off then to hold them now obviously on the outside of the building at night yes I'm not going to say we don't we do have our lights on obviously from the camera system and one thing another. but inside if the room has not been used there's no lighting on it it's all through sensors and we had to we had a big investment putting in for the sensor lights but I think we should do more of that do you know what I mean rather than turn around and, and thinking well sure practical you know. steps that are easy, easy. to do Simple stuff. And safe. If we got the simple stuff right, yes. the hard stuff would look after itself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just think we need to go back to simplicity, I think. You know, this is what we want to hear. There, there are solutions there and we can help ourselves. There's no doubt about that. It just leads a little bit of thought, planning and action to do it. It's as simple as that. I wish you well with the panels, the solar panels. <laughs> I hope that somebody listens to this today and picks yeah, up on it and yeah. that we get a fast track or whatever. Yeah. Congratulations uh, since 1995, the way you've grown that business and what you do today. You're wonderful. Uh, you should really be proud of what you've achieved. Thanks and much, uh, Thank thanks you. for dropping into us on Late Lunch thanks today. Brilliant. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. I'm in the townland of Ratkenny in County Mead with photographer Richard Timmins. And he's not just a photographer. He's a man who loves wildlife and works to preserve wildlife as well, bird life and every type of life. And he's brought me here to a beautiful sanctuary that he's developed. Richard, this is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's about 24 or 5 years ago since we started here. And uh, all the trees you see here, I would have brought them home with the boot of the car and planted them. God, it's amazing walking in there for a start. The horse chestnuts there, the ash. You have lots of lovely slows and they're bedecked with slowberries yeah. this year. I'm thinking of the gin, Richard. Well, you can have it all for yourself, Sherry. <laughs> oh, look at this. And you have your lovely seat. Let's pause for a moment. Listen. Hear that sound of silence? Nice. Not a yeah. thing, isn't it? Beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Now, in the springtime, in the dawn chorus, it's beautiful here early in the morning. You hear all your birds and it's yeah. very relaxing. When you talk about this and look at you, you allow lots of it go wild with the nettles and uh, 
the lovely yeah. thistles and everything like that. All this working to attract, especially the thistles and the seeds and the seeded uh, shrubs and plants, to attract the birds. Absolutely, yeah, and that's for the insects. If they want to go in there, throw it home. Oh, well, you have your own bee hotel. Yeah. Carved out of a trunk of a tree here and plenty yeah. of holes in it for the bees to go into there. That's right, yeah. And that's for the solitary bees up there. On the top. A little yeah. house for them. A little all. house for them up there. You think of everything. There's no doubt about it. And as we walk through here, this woodland setting, I'd say there's very few people visit here, is there? Oh, very few, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the invite today. I'm really privileged. Yeah, quite welcome, Jerry. Now, we've oak trees here, different types of oak now. Down in there, I think they call that one a swamp oak. And remind me again, where did you pick all these up? You just picked different these up gardens, in your travels? or Different garden centres around the country. Yeah. And uh, there's a larch as well. I went to Carlo for those. Raspberry jelly look at if you that. want one. Can I pick one? Just one. Can I pick one? Oh, my God. Blackberries. Look at the blackberries here all coming on. Yeah, look at them. Oh, look, and look at the oak leaf, look. Yeah. Ah, God, you couldn't miss it anywhere, could you? Oh, it's no. a beaut. That's a sweet chestnut, that one. Different to the horse chestnut. I see that, you know, on the horse chestnut, you have the fruit coming on and That's the chestnuts right. in it. This is a more prickly fella, like That's a porcupine, right. isn't he? That's true, yeah, yeah. Does I say that a rarity, is it? It is, yeah. That's a pink chestnut, this one here. Lovely pink blossom on that in the, there in the springtime. Butterflies, yeah, butterflies. They're everywhere. Yeah, well, this year... I had a butterfly here that I haven't seen in a lot, never seen him before, and he was called a comet. You think he got a pinch or something, bits out of his wings. It was that shape, but uh, he was here for a while. Lovely. Yeah. This is what's needed, more places like this, because when you think about the urbanisation of so many areas, the disappearance of land and ditches and hedgerows, and we were only talking on the late lunch last week about the lack of trees in the country. It was denuded of trees way back but it's needed to build it up again isn't it mm, absolutely yeah look at that tree Richard stop a minute don't be running on me there let me take that in isn't that yeah. just beautiful that's a, a, another oak tree now from little yeah. acorns do big oak trees grow yeah in the autumn beautiful colour on those will you just come down here and sit absolutely yeah absolutely yeah you take yeah. the camera with you oh I do yeah yeah it's my hobby this is a walnut tree and it takes 17 years for walnuts to come on it now, they did come, that's over 20 years of age, someone. There did come a few on it, but uh, not too many. It's hard to predict them, I know this as well. And you know, next year, you could have a bumper harvest. That's true, yeah. But that, it has produced walnuts oh, has. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Do you have squirrels here? There was grey squirrels, but no, no more. The pine marten. Clear them. Clear them, You yeah. want the reds back, Richard? Yeah, well, I have a feeder down there if he ever turned up. I believe he will. They'll yeah. get the message. They have that ability. That's another oak. Oh, that's a lovely oak there. Lovely full-out oak as yes, well. Yes, And I'm just thinking, besides, you know, bees and the flora and fauna and the butterflies, look at the habitat you're providing for birds to nest. I'm sure you have any amount of birds rare and young here. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. The black cap now, I've seen him here. And I brought in there in the wintertime on the feeders in at the hut, a brambling. Well, they come in, I think, from Scandinavia. Yes. I'd have the, the jay be here. Blue of the feather, yeah. the flash on the side of the wing. That's right. Yeah. Gorgeous. And I see you have your nesting boxes up there as well. You have nesting boxes here and there, don't I, you? I would have maybe 14 or 15 of them. All occupied? Oh, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Should they have uh, VIP accommodation here yeah. with Richard? A London plane. Oh, these are the trees that they took down in, in O'Connell Street. Was it? I don't know. They cut them down. They were there years and years. Oh. A London plane. Yeah, they're supposed to soak up pollution. Yeah, that's why they were in O'Connell Street and the bloody will cut them down. Oh, there you typical go. Typical council. 
there you have it here, London plane, lovely, yeah. lovely tree. Weeping willow. Oh, oh, look at it. It's majestic. Yes, isn't it? The way it hangs down, beautiful. This man has every species under the sun here. Rat Kenny on our doorsteps here in the northeast, but a very private and beautiful quiet place as the wind you can hear the wind there as yeah. it just rustles the, through the leaves the, here the poplars even if there's no breeze you'd still hear the leaves rattling the well is up there and it's the first year in 20 years that the water's not trickling out of it down into the pond an absence of water and droughts and that it's yeah. right here on our doorstep that's an alder this one the hedgehog i do see him here from time to time there last year i photographed him and that programme that was on RTI Nature, I made the last hundred. Good on you. Tell me about the photography while we're walking, because I, I'm curious to know about this. And I'll tell you, this man arrived in LMFM and left me the gift of a most beautiful framed picture of a yellow hammer and others as well, which I'll tell you about a little bit later on in the show. W- where did this start? Or how did the photography start for you? Well, the first camera ever I had was I won a high jump down a knobber when I was about 16. And I always had a camera after that. And that got you going? That got me going, Jerry. yeah. yeah. How do you take those shots? For example, the yellow hammer, it's a, a bird that's endangered, we know at the moment, because of the loss of habitat. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful bird. It looks like you spoke to that bird in that mm-hmm. picture, because the look he gives you, how do you get that? Patience. You need loads of patience. You could sit there for hours, maybe photograph, and then you could delete them all. You might get one or two. Patience, that's all you need. And plenty of patience. So that is the secret? Yeah. And you know the ones you left me of the kingfisher? Yeah, but I'll talk about him now when we go around later on. You have water here, have you? I have water here, Ah, I suspected that. And he comes, does he, to the water? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But you could be waiting two or three hours. He might show up, he might not. Mm. But again, loads of patience, yeah. Back to the trees. This one? That's a bay leaf. You put that, I think, in your... I have one in, in my backyard. Have you? Into me stews and soups. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Isn't it. that gorgeous? Absolutely, yeah. Beautiful. Japanese maple. Look at it there yeah. as it rises up. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely leaf on uh, it too. Honeysuckle. Oh, and yeah. it creeps up and it goes across here. Now, it's gone dead now, but the hum of the bees now in the summertime there is lovely when... The scent a, off it. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. My late father and, used to call it woodbine. Oh, and yeah, I often heard the it honeysuckle. You yeah. call it a woodbine. That was an old name for it. So yeah. it's, I've never seen one as extensive as as large as this. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it goes way up. I can only imagine standing here when it's in full yeah. bloom with the scent coming off it. And then in the evening time, if it was a bit misty, you'd get the lovely scent coming off yeah. it. A couple of apple trees in at the back there, which I never should have planted. It's like people planting trees in the back garden, you know, and they don't believe how high they'll grow and how wide they'll grow and take up so much space. Yeah. The shade of the trees and the coolness is beautiful, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But there's the large cherry. And mm, look at the height of them. Look at the height of them. Yeah. There's a hundred there, easy. Yeah. Looking up at the blue sky through the tops of them there. Yeah. Listeners maybe can get in. And there's the sun peeping through over there as well. Gorgeous. That's the way it hangs down. Yeah. Right down beautiful, onto the yeah. ground. Beautiful. And your needles fall all around the ground and cover the floor of the wood here. That's a mountain ash, this one. As we walk on through the lovely woodlands here. Yes, wild cherry here on your left. And uh, in there is a spindle tree. And in in the wintertime, or autumn, later on in the autumn, the lovely pinkish berries that come on it. Beautiful colour. Do the birds feed them? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Most of what you have here is a larder for the birds, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. With anything yeah. the trees produces yeah. in terms of fruit. Yeah, in there there's black currants as well. Privet in there with a white blossom on it. And the scent of it is beautiful when it comes out. Yeah. And the bees love it as well. We emerge out from the wood here into the beautiful warm sunshine. Yeah. Pear tree that never produces pears, that little one. Now, do you know that one, Jerry? Do not. What is it? It's a foxglove tree in native of China. And it's thriving here in Ireland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know whether there be many of them here or not, but I got down in the Virginia Garden Centre. What age would it be? It has to be up in 20 years of age, yeah. What a place you have. It's just wonderful and wild and you must be so proud of it. Oh, yeah, why not? Absolutely, yeah. Like a lifetime project here that goes on and will go on. Hopefully. Ah, certainly for decades and decades to come, yeah. Richard, we've arrived in your hut, your own man cave in the middle of the wilderness here. That's right. My brother here made that for me. Yeah, I feed the birds around here. In the wintertime, a bramley arrived at the feeder out to the window. So I got a few shots of him. He's beautiful. He's like a, a, a cross between a bull and a chaffinch. That's right. He's probably a little bit bigger than a chaffinch. Mm. That's a male, yes. that one, yeah. Beautiful snap. And uh, do you know that one? That's a, a tree sparrow. Yeah, I would have some here, but... Not in big numbers, but they are here. I have loads of sparrows around oh, here. Yeah, they're the, the house sparrows. They're, they're the everywhere. House sparrows. Like, you know. And how you distinguish them is the little crown here on his head. It's I a different, it. different colour. He's looking straight at me there. He's a beaut. Yeah. And what else would come around here? Is This is where you spend time waiting to see what oh, arrives. Yeah. And Absolutely. That yeah. patience thing yeah, you told well, me about. Well, this out here, I put the wheat in there in that cage. Oh, I see. And the, the birds can go in through those squares. But the crows can't get in. The yellow hammers and all the small little birds go in there for feeding. The little rabbits crawl in under that for put wheat and they eat the wheat. I've seen them. You don't mind them? No, not at all, no, no. But that's a good idea to keep the bigger birds away from the birds that you actually want to take pictures of. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be feeding the crows. And they're clever boys of the crows as well, I have to say that. They are clever. And here is a venue you invite birdwatch people to come here. They love coming here, especially for the yellow hammers. Oh, yeah, for the yellow hammers, yeah. Now, the yellow hammers, I won't see those probably till the end of October, mm. November, and then I feed away all through the winter into the spring. The peanuts then for the, all the feeders there, I go through probably three or four, 25 kilo bags of them and all the other fat balls and all that stuff. They're well fed. Yeah. What's your favourite bird? Of all the birds that you've snapped, what species? Oh, is it the yellow hammer? The yellow hammer, yeah. The goldfinch. Mm. The red pole is here as well. And um, You get all the finches. The bullfinch, chaffinch, greenfinch. Well, well, the bullfinch doesn't mix with the other birds. I see. He kind of say to themselves, you know. Mm. Yeah, the wood, they are here as well, the bullfinch. You mentioned the blue tits, cold oh, tits, yeah, all oh, those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the long-tailed tits. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, they are here as well. Read something about those. If one nest didn't succeed and the eggs got thrown out or whatever happened, that family would help the next-door family to feed. That's the way they work. Yeah. You hardly hear the cuckoo. No, but I did hear them way over there two years ago. Oh. I did, yeah. One morning I was in lockdown, I was over along the river, and there was an old house up in the, up in the fields, and I heard them there for a couple of minutes, but he buggered off. The curlew is no longer around yeah. here. The corn creek... He's no longer oh. around. I did go to uh, Tory Island a few years back to uh, record him and photograph him. I stayed over and I'd done that 
and got my photograph. Of them. Good on you. Yeah. So yeah. you travel as well to take pictures oh, besides would, yeah. your own place. Absolutely. Here. Yeah. 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 There's always something to photograph. Oh, always. And, and di- different birds, different seasons, oh, different yeah. times of the year. It's fascinating. Uh, oh, it is, of course, yeah. Great oh, hobby. Great hobby, Jerry. Mm-hmm. yeah. Great. great hobby. Richard, we're at the pond. Now, come back to the kingfisher. He comes here, but you'd have to be waiting now for two or three hours before he'd show up. And for that again, he mightn't even show up, but I don't mind waiting. See him lighting on the, on the props that I put out there. He'd go off again, and he could be here early in the morning time. The heron, uh, he's here as well. But there was a mallard duck and she hatched out 17 little baby ducks. And she, she reared every one of them. There's still eight of them fully grown, still here. I feed them up in that corner. Do you see the wheat? I see it. In the water. There probably come more ducks in there in the evening time or at night time. The duck then, she had the 17. She hatched out another 10. And Mr Herring helped himself to the whole lot of them. Ah, the nature, the nature, the nature. It's cruel at times, but, you know, that's the the way it works. There's water hens here. Ah, the moor hen. Yeah. The The noise of them, when the squabble, when when the fight. She hatched out two brood. The first brood helps to feed the second brood because I photographed them watching them there. But this gives you another aspect and water birds that come to you. Again, I ask you that question and Richard has given me some beautiful prints of the kingfisher. You must have the patience of Job to sit there waiting for them shots. Well, I don't mind waiting. I sit in, there's my... There's your hide, look at it. My hide there, yeah, just sit in there. Sometimes I might doze off asleep, but I'd waken up again. Mm. Look out to see if there's anything to photograph. As you see here, I have some wildflowers sown along the... Round the here. pond, yes, Round yes. The and the bees love that. There's one that the ducks There's sown. the duck away, look. Yeah. There's a male mallard. That's him, yeah. I point to something up there in the tree, a strange contraption. Is What's that to do with there? It's not birds. No, that's not for birds. That's for the red squirrel if he ever decided to turn up here. That's there from his house? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can lift it open with his head and get the feed there that's for him. Hmm. Hopefully someday. They might, ah, they yes. Might be, They're yeah. moving across they the are. country. The Pine Martin is doing the job with the grey fellas That's and right. the red fellas are coming back and we want to see them back. They oh, are yeah. our native squirrels. Yeah. So they, are. they are indeed. That big old stump of the tree there floating in the water. I throw the wheat in there as well and the moor hens love to come and feed on that but they don't hang around. They just mm. take a few grains and away back up into the hide up mm. the reeds up there and maybe five minutes or ten minutes you see them coming back. Oh, yeah. You know what? There's an oasis, folks, in Ratkenny. Mm-hmm. A forest, a wood, all these native trees, the bird life, the bees, the flora and fauna, the pond. It's heaven on earth here. Congratulations to you. Thank You've you very much, Jerry. created something really special, Richard. Thank you, Jerry. And thank, thank you. you for inviting me here today. No, no. I feel privileged. Any time, Jerry. Thank you. Louise Richard Timmins, my walk on the wild side through the woods, the wildlife. Ah, something else. You met him. You met him. Uh, he, we, actually, it was to go Such out to... Such a talent. Isn't he? Isn't he? We, we met him when? About before the pandemic, I was to go down there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, And, and obviously that hit, so that's The covered. pandemic hit. And at long last, I managed to go and visit that beautiful oasis. And you met Richard, mm, uh, didn't you? And isn't, isn't his photography mm. just marvellous? Oh, absolutely. How he just captures he everything does. so amazing. Like, he showed me this little picture of a duckling. And mm. however he captured the rain hitting the duckling, yes. it looked as if the duckling was crying. Mm. 
You know, like if I took that picture of a duck, it'd, look, it'd be lucky enough to have a head. Quack, quack. He'd be gone for sure. But he has that ability. I said it to yeah. him. You nearly think the creatures and the subjects are talking to him. And uh, he, he has that particular knack and you know and it's because he knows yes. every breed and seed of them he as does. well he understands them it that catches is that true. in it that is true you can see that in it but he's created a wonderful woodland oasis down there and it's marvellous and I, I say it again it was a privilege to go and meet him and visit anyway he's Great given place us for meditation yes, and healing I'd yes, say yes the quietness mm. of it it's quiet and it, it, it is always quiet and anyone who gets there is lucky really to experience it anyway Richard has given us and you've seen it and it's all across our social media a beautiful framed print of a photograph he took of beautiful Lockdowner. And we want to give this to somebody in late lunch land today. 086-1800-658. You need that number now to enter the competition. 086-1800-658. If you want to check it out on our social media channels, you'll see Richard there holding the, the print he wants to give it away. Framed and all. And a lovely little endorsement on it to tell you where it is. Lockdowner. It's easy. I want to give it to somebody. In which Irish county is Loch Gowner? That's the question today. In which Irish county is Loch Gowner for the beautiful print from Richard Timmins? And check out his website as well. You can see all his beautiful uh, pictures there. He is a talent indeed. So get entering now. 086-1800-658. In which Irish county is Loch Gowner by WhatsApp or text? And we will give that to somebody. And you can hang it wherever you like in your home and it'll bring beauty to a wall in your house. That is for sure. The first day of September, Louise. I know. Mm, we're heading into autumn in earnest. Three months to go to Christmas. That's all. <laughs> Maggie Maguire's on high dough already. She's on high dough since uh, Stephen's I Day last year. I heard Christmas carols up there earlier. Was she? Mm. Already? I almost joined in. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Maggie is the biggest fan of Christmas you'd ever meet. And as soon as it's over, from Stevens' day, she's counting the days <laughs> to the next Christmas day. Really, she is. But anyway, it's something... She's our little elf. She is just great. And you know something? It's it, it's a celebration, an important one, at a time of the year when light is short and the weather can be miserable, etc. And we might be relying on candles. Who knows at that Hopefully stage? Hopefully that won't come to that. Please, God, it won't. And that we can, over this winter, uh, by some means... Anyway, we need the wind to blow. If the wind blows, Ireland's elected. Because the the, the, the rotors will turn on the windmills everywhere. And we'll have loads of power. <laughs> if it's a calm winter, Louise... <laughs> the candles and the, the flash. Do you remember the torches when the ESB would strike in the winter time? The candles, no. the torches. She'd always have the candles on standby. The ESB used to go and strike winter time every year. Right, and every year. Uh, most years. Look, okay. they can't strike now. They're prohibited. Yeah. They're an essential service. But you'd have to have the stock of candles. And where's the flashlight? Have you got the flashlight? <laughs> <laughs> and the World Cup on in November, December. Some of the lads were saying the Wednesday Club. That's all right, Jerry. If we have power to run oh. the televisions and the World Cup on. It was a thought, wasn't it? A really pertinent thought, I have to say. Anyway, fingers crossed. He's all in happen. suspense if it goes off. Oh. We'll, we'll cope. We'll cope as long as it's a bottle. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we'll be okay even if the draft isn't working out should be I am delighted to say hello to my next guest on Late Lunch and in person in studio he's been here in the past and he is a talent I'll tell you this he really is because he can write the most and he does write the most beautiful poetry and he's back for a specific reason with me today it has been too long Des Parkinson welcome back thank you very much Jerry for giving me this opportunity not at all and uh, we're going to get to what you're here for in a moment but can I ask there's been a lot of water under the bridge namely a thing called Covid and more besides since you last sat in that chair for a man who writes and the words come to and the beautiful poetry did you do much during the lockdown of that? No, I I wasn't inspired at all, maybe because uh, I didn't get out enough, you know, and uh, even to go to the pub and and whatever. I I found I I was actually very lazy, Jerry, and watching television and sleeping too much, you know, and uh, not quite believing that everything was as bad as uh, the doctor said, you Mm. know. I, Mm. I, I thought they overdid it. I remember there was one thing on RTE, which I thought was silly, this woman rang up and uh, I won't say the presenter, but uh, <laughs> she rang up and said, we're small farmers and myself and my husband and we have a small bit of land and we're wondering, if we could we walk down to the end of the field? And the answer was, oh, well, no, that wouldn't be uh, cocooning. And I said, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> what, what has it come to? It's your own field and you're not meeting anyone else. Yes. It just yeah. shows you, though, the way it got into the mentality of a lot of people. There was a fear, yeah. and, and there's no doubt about that, and that's what people felt. So your muse didn't come to you, no, really? No, not as really. Such. I, yeah. I, I wrote a few, but not as much as you would think. Yeah. Well, I need, uh, you need um, social meetings and social interaction, don't you? Do. you? You do. You are so right. And, and, and I felt that, may I say myself as yeah. well, I missed people. Yes, of course you do. And you, you get do. into an old rut and you... I know what you're talking about. And for yeah. you, I yeah. can see where you're coming from, of course. But listen, that's all history at this stage because something new and exciting is happening on the east coast of Mead. Yeah. Let our listeners know, please. Yeah. OK, well, uh, Harry Toy and myself have founded uh, a, a Writers and Poets group, which we call the Meath Coast Writers Guild. And we meet on the first and third Mondays of each month from seven to nine in Laytown in the really beautiful lounge, family-run, friendly pub, uh, the Coast Tavern. I know it. And um, they're very kindly let us hold our meetings. We've had uh, three meetings so far, and uh, Harry is an IT specialist, and he's uh, an author in his own right, as he you is know. Indeed. His book, uh, The Veil of Deception, is great read. Yes. Uh, our next meeting is on Monday, the 5th of September, this me- Monday coming up, and we expect maybe 12 or 15 people to turn up. Lovely. Which would be nice. You yes. Know. Uh, everybody is welcome, everybody gets a turn, the mic is passed around, and whether it's an extract from your book or a poem or just a funny story, whatever you want. <laughs> the the, the but, floor is yours. Yeah. Take the, the stage. The floor is yours. Yeah. Simple as that. And it is open. While you're here today, the Mead Coast Writers Guild are looking for people and 
all comers welcome. Yeah, all comers are welcome. Yeah, you can find us on um, uh, Meetup or Facebook. Okay. The Meat Coast Writers Guild. Uh, Harry has done a great job uh, uh, setting up uh, a, a size on on us and all. He's the IT. I'm the MC. I do the the talking at the meeting, and um, we have a microphone and a loudspeaker, which helps everybody to to, to hear. be heard. And that is that is an important. And generally, a Monday night is not crowded in the yeah yeah in the place in, where you meet the, there in these yes. co- in the coast tavern yeah, is yeah. right. So first and third Mondays, and the next one is this coming Monday, yeah. the fifth of September, seven to nine, yeah. and an extension and uh, an invitation is extended to all today. Yeah. Now you are a man of poetry, of yeah. talent, as I've said in the past, and your collection, which I highlighted on this show, were just marvellous. Have you anything you might uh, read for us today, I, please? I have, I have, Jerry. Um, one thing that. Uh, it prompted this poem, you know, inspired this poem. Um, families are suffering all over the place and we hear us and there's uh, f- mental health, there's physical health. Mental health uh, is a big problem of all sorts. And, you know, from autism to uh, uh, over-anxiety in young people... Mm. I don't know what's causing this over-anxiety. Perhaps it's too much knowledge. Mm. Uh, you know, when we were growing up, we, we didn't know as much. But then, of course, there are mental problems. And it's the mothers that have to deal with this primarily. So I, I have here an ode to mother and daughter, okay. which I'd like to read. Please, an ode to mother and daughter, an ode to mother and daughter by the man himself, Des Parkinson. And you have the floor late lunch today. Where you go. Thank you. Mother, you are a matador, the bull as yet unseen. But El Toro has never fought with selfless bravery, as does this warrior queen. Daughter, you are a princess, a spark from royalty. With beauty and with courage, your true worth all can see. Girl, you are a meteor, a trailblazer breaking free. Such bravery and courage did not come from the ground. Grandmother, too, is a heroine who fought beyond the gates with superhuman strength and spine. She has battled all the fates. As for he who loves you all with the frailty of a poet, he will stand upon the rampart. He will pull the drawbridge high. He will defend the castle and the moat. This honorary grandfather will sing your praises to the sky. Lovely, lovely. And the men get a mention towards the end, or the male <laughs> towards the end of it right, as well. Right, right. Never he, mind the mother and daughter. He, he's there. When did you pen that? And obviously you're, 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 you're passionate, I can hear it, and, and yeah. you understand the effects of mental yeah. challenges that many people face. Is that a recent one? Of it, your, is. it is. It okay. is. It is. That's yeah. a Very recent good. one. Uh, inspired by people on the papers and people been 
struggling to get their children into appropriate schools. Yes, and education and uh, care, etc. Uh, uh, very good, very yeah. good. And and uh, you put it together brilliantly. You really yeah. do. Thank you. Have you one more before you, you, you toddle on? Is there anything I, else? I, have you anything I, else in your collection there? I have. Um, and uh, I, I would like to, uh, to say this one for... Uh, it's a, it's a love poem, Jerry. Mm. Uh, <laughs> take your time, take your time, take your time. You're, you're leafing through your collection there. Uh, You'll have it for us in a moment. Angels in the trees, page 15. Right, okay. Are you ready this to rock? Is, this okay, is, this, tell us about this one. Context this. It's a love this. poem. Um, okay. I was lucky enough in uh, 20 years ago to find... Uh, a second relationship and uh, the love of my life. Uh, and I call this poem The Angels in the Trees. We walked on hills near Carlingford through lovers in the rain. The clouds above could not hide our love nor half remembered pain. In Vienna woods the angels live and there we went to pray. The trees above could not hide our love, nor fallen leaves decay. How we love the hills and woods, and our love has set us free. And God above could not hide our love, nor the angels in the trees. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank Short you. and sweet and lovely and to the point and captures your feelings at that time. So the Mead Coast, Mead Coast Writers Guild will meet this coming Monday, 7 o'clock in the Coast Tavern, Late Town. Harry Toy and Co will be there. Des will be there himself as well. Yeah. And there's an open invitation to one and all. And believe you me, whether you've started this writing or poetry or your experience at it or whatever if you've written a book as Des says you'll be so welcome every everybody welcome it's lovely to see you thanks you for dropping too. in thank you for Best giving wishes. me this opportunity not at all thank you're welcome you. Des thanks now I just got a message Louise in here to say hi dear sister I just got back from Ireland and Alice told me you've changed your number and haven't been in touch for a long time so how are you doing would you please add me to your whatsapp <laughs> just come in on my phone there. I don't know who you are, but uh-huh. I'm just going to press delete. I didn't know what you were going to say there. Yeah, yeah, that just came in. That just it's one of them oh, it's scammy just wrong. things on my phone. Oh. Yeah, definitely. I one of those. You know those. Hello, I'm in Nigeria. Send me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm at the airport. You know them. It I'm could be any country. In, I can't get out. Yeah, it could be in uh, Scotland. They could be in America. Anyway, those I send those messages all the time. <laughs> is that you? Nobody is ever that gets you? Back to me. Is that you sending me those messages? Now I know what it is. Anyway, Louise, I ha- flinch wouldn't even send me a fiver. <laughs> I had a dream, Louise. I had a dream. Was I in it? Not this no, time. Then definitely not, wasn't not, a nightmare. So not this time. Not this time. <laughs> Louise, you won't believe this. I woke up. I don't know what time it was, and the. Uh, it's as clear as this. Do you know the rocket that they're wait, wait, waiting to launch in America? Yeah. The, the, the next mission, and then they're going to send people to the moon. I was on that rocket. <laughs> and it took off. Into, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and it took off into outer space. This is no joke. <laughs> and when I was out there, I realised, I think the oven's on in the house. <laughs> so I had to return to Earth in the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Head to the house 
<laughs> and I'd switched it off anyway in the name of St. Christopher. And then I went back to take off on the second mission. And, and the immersion was on. And I thought, no, I'm sitting on 10,000 gallons of rocket fuel and I could be blown to bits. And I ran from... <laughs> I ran away from the space centre in Cape Canaveral. <laughs> that Heineken. I was going to say, yeah, where were you last night? I forgot that, the weather. That Heineken. That Heineken. That Heineken is rocket fuel. It's rocket fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It must be. It must be because imagine. Did you ever? Do you ever have weird things like that? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm awake. <laughs> oh, well, we know that. But like, you know, when you're sleeping, do you ever, like a weird dream? Like, yeah. obviously the rocket story, I, I'd mention it here in the show, and it's in your mind somewhere, but how it t- ties in with that other stuff. I'm wondering why God the oven was in your knows. head. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Oh, well, I had, I had the oven on yesterday evening doing roast chicken. All right. So that was probably there as well. You know what I mean? So it all, <laughs> it all came together over a few points. It's crazy you actually remembered it. Yeah, there you I go. never remember my dad. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Well, I'm sure remembering where I was and me on the rocket heading out into space. There you go. Rocket fuel is right. Rocket man, we should be playing it for Melton John. <laughs> At this time, on Late Lunch, I do this every day. The Late Lunch Artist, Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Barry Manilow is my Artist of the Week this week. And on a personal note, Manilow married his school sweetheart, Susan Dexler in 1964 but the marriage only lasted a year a couple of years later she actually had the marriage annulled and he's always said subsequently that she was the perfect wife but he had to choose between Susan and his musical career and what one well the music certainly did he also claimed his own immaturity was to blame for the breakup too now his sexual orientation was always in question and despite the fact he began a relationship with his manager, Gary Keefe, in 1978. He categorically maintained his sexuality had nothing either to do with a spit from Susan back in the 60s. Manilow and Keefe married in 2014 after same-sex marriage was legalised in his state in America, Florida, I think it was. Manilow never wanted, however, his personal life to be made public especially his being gay, as he feared it would disappoint his largely female following. Well, my Manilow song today was written by the one and only Bruce Johnson in 1975. Barry Manilow's version reached number one in the USA in 76 and won a Grammy Award for Song of the Year. Here it is. And boy, didn't the man write and record some great songs. Barry Manilow, my artist of the week on your late lunch this week. Did you know that that song was also recorded by a Mr. David Cassidy in 1975 and it reached number 11 
in the UK charts, but it was a massive hit for Manilow in the States. There you are. There's a fellow I haven't featured, David Cassidy. Any David Cassidy fans out there still? Oh, be the God, was he? Was he? I mean, I'm trying to think of, of, of who. Was he the Ed Sheeran of, of the day back then? No, Louise is no, no, it's not Ed Sheeran. Who am I looking to think about? Somebody that the girls swooned over. They just wanted the piece of him. He's nearly torn to bits at times by the groupies. Yes, Mr. David Cassidy, I must take a look at him. I'm sure there's Cassidy fan or two hanging around out there still. Anyway, our final break of the day, Harry Styles. Yeah, he's the Harry Styles. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Louise for telling me that. He's the Harry Styles of back then. Anyway, final break on this Thursday afternoon and what a lucky escape had Alan Law's wife and he's going to tell us about it next. My next guest is best known as an independent councillor in County Mead. He's a Trojan community worker and he's been my guest in the past on Late Lunch and I tell you this, he's a relieved man today. Alan Laws, Hello. Uh, good afternoon, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm grateful to be talking to you today uh, with what happened in your home in the early hours. Was it of Monday morning? Tell us what happened, Alan, please. Well, basically, I, I work nights in, in Kappa Hospital, Jerry, so I was off in work, and uh, about 3.30 in the morning, I received a phone call from a neighbour. And um, he told me that my wife was injured, but she was outside the house, and the house was on fire. So what unfolded afterwards, so I talked to my wife afterwards. Um, luckily for us, Jerry, um, I have a daughter living in Auckland in, in New Zealand, and we hadn't seen her in three years. And the, the week previous, um, my daughter had come home on holidays, and my five-bedroom house was packed with my own children, with my grandchildren. And, you know, we were really celebrating the fact that my daughter had come home. We have a new grandson, Jack. And we were all having a great time. And... The thought of my house being full up to the brim like that and the week previous uh, was really frightening. Uh, it was only me wife in the house on this occasion on Monday night. It was 3.30 in the morning. She was overcome with smoke in the bedroom. She woke up coughing in the smoke-filled bedroom. And straight away, uh, Jerry, she, she jumped out of bed. And basically, we, we would have two dogs and two cats down in the kitchen. She knew there was a fire. But when she opened the door, she didn't know the extent of the fire until she opened the bedroom door and she was faced with a ball of flame and, and black thick smoke. So basically, in fairness to herself and in fairness to her quick thinking, she basically didn't hesitate whatsoever, Jerry. She closed the door and basically straight away uh, she jumped out the bedroom window onto the driveway below and broke her two feet. But when I think of what could have happened, Jerry, Mm. Act, I am actually relieved. Um, now, the inside of my house is destroyed. Um, but that doesn't matter. My home is not a home without my wife. I'm just all relieved. Myself and my four daughters, Elaine, April, Natalie and, and Amy, are very proud of my wife and the way she reacted. Only for she reacted so quickly. Um, we wouldn't have her here with us today. My, oh my, Alan. And to think, as you say, I'm sure the hair stood in the back of your neck thinking if you had that full house or it happened a week or two ago, well, my God, the situation doesn't even bear thinking about. How is Dee? Where is she now and how is she, Alan? She's being looked after very well in, in Drogheda Hospital at the moment, Jerry. Um, she's awaiting an operation, but the problem that they have is that her uh, feet are very swollen. Um, so the surgeon explained to us that basically... He cannot operate, Jerry, until the, the swelling goes down a little because it's a higher risk of infection. So we, we have to go with their direction. Look, she's comfortable there. She's been looked after with a great staff there. 
and we're just really, like I say, to have our journey. And, uh, like, you know, myself on the way home, I was trying to control myself. It's a good drive from Finglas to Navin. Mm. I was trying to keep myself under control and not, not let my mind drift so much and concentrate on where I was driving. And as all I can say, Jerry, I mean, it was the with the help of everybody. My neighbours were absolutely fabulous. They heard the alarms going off. Uh, they seen my wife lying at the door. And they came straight to our aid. Um, you know, all the neighbours on the road in Boyneview here, and where I live in Johnstown, all came out to help. And they basically said, look, you know, they seen the fire unrolling inside. Um, one of them would normally have a key to my house because they always look after me cats and dogs running away. Right. So we'd have a key box outside and they straight away put themselves at risk by opening the front door and allowing the, the animals to escape in safety. And they put themselves at risk to do that. But, you know, other neighbours came straight away over. They uh, they had an angle grinder to cut a lock off my side gate and made sure the gas was turned off. They lifted me wife. They took her away from the building in case it exploded. And in fairness to the emergency services, Jerry, they were on the scene within minutes. And I, I can only thank the members of the Gardaí, uh, the men and women of the, the, the ambulance crews and the fire brigade uh, for all their assistance. And, you know, only for them, my house would be in rubble. And the firemen managed to contain the fire. Okay, there's extensive damage inside. Um, but it meant that my neighbours weren't put at risk either. The firemen put the fire out inside and contained the fire inside. Mm. Now, we don't know why uh, the fire started, Jerry. We just know that it started in and around the area of the hot press, which is outside of my wife's bedroom door. And there's so many things that could have went wrong. I actually sleep with the bedroom door open, Jerry. My wife doesn't. My mm. wife uh, closes the door. And in fairness, that's one of the things that stood up to scrutiny. The fire door held and while smoke got inside the room and put my wife in danger, yes. the fire didn't. If she'd have left the door ajar, she wouldn't be with us today either. And then also, Jerry, there's a, there's a, a lovely guy around here in Johnstown called Con Walsh, and uh, he, he's, he's a window and door man, and he actually, he, only, only a short time ago, he fixed all my windows and doors with certain problems with hinges. And the window that she jumped out, wasn't uh, you weren't able to open it. And only for Con recently fixed all my windows and doors. That's another thing you add into it all. And so, for that reason and all the other reasons, Jerry, myself and my daughters are so relieved to still have her with us. And uh, oh my, oh my, the 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 touches of fortune that you mentioned there. You know, the house is damaged; it can be repaired. Life is not yeah. lost. What might have happened, and those little things that just came to your aid. So she's in hospital. Her she too naturally with the impact of hitting the ground, her feet were broken. That has has to be be fixed. And please God, it will be fixed, and she will make a, a full recovery. God Almighty, Alan, do we ever know from day to day what lies oh, ahead of us? We don't do it. You always think that this happens to somebody. Yes, else. it doesn't happen to you. And it's all mm. like I say. The one thing, the, the the thing that we're going to do now with the help of the experts is is review our whole approach to fire safety and uh, that and look at everything and fire escapes and and having an escape plan and mm. and all the rest of it and 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 that's that's what we're going to do now. Um, oh look, you know the forensic team is supposed to arrive today, Jerry, to investigate what happened. Um, so I, I'm actually. Uh, at my home now, waiting for them to arrive and hopefully get to the bottom of the bottom of the and see see what was yes. the cause. No, they, um, they they will, Alan, in, in time. Listen, you're very good to take our call today. Will you pass on our best wishes to Dee and to your daughters Elaine, April, Natalie, Amy, and all the grandchildren and everybody? 
thank God uh, life has been saved and uh, we wish you well of course you have your accommodation to to work out now but all those things can be overed. Alan uh, take care over the coming days and weeks and uh, God bless you all Thank you Jerry, and thanks for having me on you Not at care. all, take care of yourself, bye bye that's uh, Alan La- uh, Laws there uh, telling us the story God that could have been that could have been just devastating it's difficult enough but please fire safety at home it's so important to review it as Alan says there if you do nothing this evening go and do that check your alarms and take note of what happened in Alan Law's home that's it on late lunch today Thursday Eddie Caffey's coming uh, next with the drive stay with us here on LMFM radio tomorrow comedy sport uh, Gina Daly is joining us as well she has an interesting story and they're back Carmel Betty and Kira, women with opinions on your late lunch tomorrow afternoon. Have a nice evening. See you for the final show, 1.30 Friday. Bye. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.